Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. How many of you are enjoying this semester of the DNA of community so far? Do you have your syllabus? Grab your syllabus. We're going to confess our our community creed. This is something we do. We really believe that when you confess and you do it on a regular basis, that there is something, number one, about you hearing you. When God spoke everything into existence, he could have just, well, he couldn't have. He actually actually had to speak it. But he didn't just think it. He didn't just dream it. He had to release it. So we believe in releasing the will of God in your life. And in this semester, we are doing that together as a family, and we're teaching on the community, and this is going to bless you. Are you ready? Let's read it together on the count of three. One, two, three. I was not created to live isolated. I was created for community. The church just isn't a building I go to. It's a family I belong to. We are called to love encourage and lift up each other as we do life together god is pleased by our unity and love for one another it is jesus that brings us together and binds us together say it out loud we are the church we're the church turn to your neighbor and tell them you are the church the building has nothing to do with it you are the church Today is not just going to be a sermon. We're not going to be sermonizing. We are going to give you a practical approach. We really believe in the seasons that God brings us through and being obedient. And every service has an assignment. We believe that every service has an assignment. I mean, today I feel assigned to give you a message that is not just to encourage you only, but to instruct you for us to make a difference in our church, in your family, and the community. We are called to be a light. God doesn't just send you to a church. He calls you to a church. And wherever God calls you, you will feel his spirit, his desire to do something in that community of believers that will make a difference. Because your life, and when God blesses you, He never meant to bless you and you to keep it to yourself. God always blesses people that they can be a blessing. Are you ready for the word? Let's go ahead. Let's read this together. Let's just follow me, if you will. Acts chapter 2, verse 44. Remember, we are breaking down this second chapter. We are going through and talking about uh, this verse by verse. And the verse that falls on for us this Sunday is verse 44. We learned that prayer and, 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 and prayer and community, and we learned about different aspects of, of God's calling for the church. They went through some things. They experienced some things. There are some things that were necessary for them to go through in order for you and I to have examples in our life. We learned about doctrine and prayer. If you follow your syllabus, we, we talked about the fear of the Lord. And how that affected them. And there were signs and wonders. But now we're going into this part of it that's called all things common. All things common. And here's what the scripture says. 
Now all who believed were together. Can you say that with me? Together? And had all things in common. All things in common. The further you go into this, you'll see that they distributed. There were some actions being taken. Next service, the next Sunday, you're going to hear Pastor Caleb and you're going to hear him teach on the same subject from a different perspective. Because this subject is what we're called to do in this semester and assigned to do, and I believe God's going to bless it. Everyone say, God bless the word. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Thank you for honoring God's word. It's a strong characteristic of culture we decided that we wanted to implement here. It's so important to believe God's word, read God's word, and honor God's word, right? So here's, here's, here's what we looked at, and here's what we discovered in this verse and in the church. It speaks a lot about what they went through and the culture that they developed. They had a choice. They could either embrace what Jesus taught them and follow the Spirit of God to infect everyone in their community in a positive way, or they could crumble under fear, under the tyranny of Rome and the religious world. Jesus warned his disciples at one point when they were persecuting him, and they, he told them and forewarned them that if they hated me, they're probably going to hate you too. But he said, that's okay. Great is your reward. And they endured hardness like a soldier in wars. What Paul said, by faith, he endured all things, but by love, he was able to make it. In that chapter of love, we reference charity, and we see how love never fails. Love never doubts. That attribute of benevolence of love was in the early church. But here's the real status, because some have looked at this portion of Scripture to validate, um, and I'm not trying to be political, but, but I want to make it very clear that there is some debate, even in religious circles, that this portion of Scripture validates socialism or communism because they sold their possessions and they gave it to the apostles and then they distributed to all people. But the Scripture doesn't say they distributed to all people. The Scripture actually says they distributed to the people that had need. But then it also, they really have overlooked the history of that time frame. The truth is, is that the early church were forced to come together because they were under the rule of a tyrant and a government and a religious system that had no respect, that had no heart for the things of God. When we look at the church, they were driven. They were driven by unity, coming together, standing against all opposition. They were forced to find their shelter in God. They were forced to pray, and that's a good thing. Let me, can I ask you a question? How many of you have prayed more in 2021 and 2020 than you have your entire life? 
So God turns everything around for good, right? To them that love him and are called according to his purpose. So when there's pressure on us, that's when the best and the worst comes out. In the church, the best came out of them. And out of that group of people came systems, structures, ideas, how to survive, how to make sure nobody falls behind, how to be a blessing. And so when you read this, it wasn't the church trying to establish a different form of government for the earth. They were really forced into survival mode. But here's how effective it was. So let's not forget that during this time in this chapter that there was prayer. And then it says there were signs and wonders. So they had the spiritual aspect of God. They had the spiritual side down. But it also says that they moved into the practical side of living. And so they did something about their spiritual life. They implemented things that were practical. When you are living for God, you can't have your head hidden in the clouds. Some have said it like this, you can't be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Being part of the church is more than prayer. Although prayer to me, and I'm sure to you, is everything at the same time. But there needs to be steps and actions that are taken in our life. God can bless you spiritually, but then that spiritual blessing and that spiritual anointing in your life, it begins to build. And how many of you believe that it begins to manifest itself in your life in a word called favor? We learned about favor last week, how the cycle of favor will produce things in your life. And that favor, when a community has favor, they're able to not only bless each other, but bless their community. And this is what happened in the church. People, some people, not all people, but some people decided, I have more than enough in this season. And where we're at right now, it calls for me to petition, to make a petition, to do something, to give, that all the rest of my brothers and sisters, that all the rest of my community will have their needs met. That was sacrificial giving. Generosity was a great factor in the New Testament church, a great factor. And they made no qualms about it. They, they gave themselves wholeheartedly. And they knew where their treasure was, their heart will be also. We are dealing with different things in our lifetime than the church has ever experienced. With the technical age that we're living in right now, with the advancement and different uh, sources of, 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 of pharmacy and, 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 and help, and dependencies in our life, we are in a different place as a group of people. In Victoria, Texas, we have challenges. We have hurdles. Don't look at the nation right now, the entire nation. I say that with respect because there's so much going on in your neighborhood. And there is Something that should make you feel the call to rise up and say, Lord, bless me so I can help those around me. When times get tough, 
the Spirit of God inside of you. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the anointing, the presence of God should rise up in our spirit and say, what can we do to change our circumstance? Lord, bring the answer. The New Testament church sought for the wisdom of God. They understood this. They came together. They stayed together. Point, case in point, here you and I are. The church did not die, but the church continued to thrive and live. No matter how many times in our history we've seen dictators rise up and try to destroy the church, the church is still here. No matter how many times they have tried to take the Bible off the shelves, no matter how many times they've tried to cast it into the fire, the Word of God is still here and in our hands and at our fingertips. It's gone viral now. We have access to it in every form and every fashion someone say we're still here we're still here the reason why we are still here is because the early church our matriarchs and patriarchs they learned how to stay together spiritually and practically today we're talking about the practical side here's what i want to tell you point number one Prepared families make strong churches. Prepared families make strong churches. When we look at us, the church, when we look at a God perspective, and a God's perspective is not just an overview, but also an inward insight. An insight. Cause and effect. What's happening on the inside that's causing these actions and results on the outside? There's a root system to everything. The strength that we gather to face our world comes from being in the presence of God and partly so being part of a community that believes in the presence of God. And when I say presence of God, I realize a lot of people have their own definition of what that is. Some people have goosebumps. Some people have laughter. Some people have smiles, some people have blessings, but the tangent, the tangible presence of the Savior, when it comes into our hearts, there is no denying that worship works, prayer works, praise works. There's no wonder that people gather together and lift their hands and join together in praise that brings a crescendo of faith together where it seems like the heavens are open over our midst and we feel the tangible presence of God where it changes your mindset, changes your attitude. You can walk in with burdens, but when you leave, you're burden free. You're free from oppression, free from depression, free from every aspect and entanglement that would slow you down. There is something to this, and there is something about being there for each other. We need each other. You need the church. I need the church. I needed to be here today. I needed to worship with you. There is a difference between me praying in my closet, which is wonderful, and then me coming out in the open. The scripture says what you do in secret, you're reward openly. So God rewards us in this open place of coming together community-wise, and he begins to do things. But there's more than that. 
we are called to do what the early church did to live practical and we have to adopt the characteristics of the early church in order to be healthy everything healthy grows everything that is healthy grows if your relationship with your spouse is healthy you will grow if your relationship with your children is healthy they will grow they'll follow in your footsteps as you follow after God the principle is very simple we have to stay healthy we have to remain green if you will the early church they were strong strong churches build strong communities safe communities is what's established secure communities safe communities can endure any hardship it was it wasn't shocking to me we know the routine COVID-19 comes out there's no toilet paper A, snore, a, a snowstorm comes. I think there's toilet paper. People learn their lesson. We don't need that. We got plenty. But all the bread is gone. All the meat is gone. All the vegetables, well, half vegetables. <laughs> Panic. Why? Insecurity. Insecurity. Fear. And I, I, even, I even saw someone post on Facebook, H-E-B's warehouse, saying, stop panicking, we're full, we have plenty of food. You hear so many rumors are out there, but until you get to the source and find out there's more where they came from, it should put our minds at ease. And there has to be then restrictions. Now they've messed it up for everyone. Keep looking forward. That may have been you, but no one will know. <laughs> Don't look around at anybody. Don't look down. Look up. Look straight. Smile. Now we can only get two dozen eggs, one milk, right? And we're limited and we're restricted. Now there's restraint on us. That's really not God's will for our life. God's will for our life is, are you ready? He wants us more to be more dependent on him and our community than any outside source. I want you to think about that for one moment. The early church, they weren't dependent on religion, the outside government. They learned how to live within their own community. So really, the, the, the church had to go into survival mode. And for us, we should learn our lesson. We should know it. You know what the definition of insanity is? It's repeating the same process over and over with no results. Today we're kind of leading us into a new area of, of growth with this church because we're going to learn from the past and we're going to do something with our present and our future is going to be secure. So with the mindset first, with that to happen, we first have to put a mindset and a cultural habit we have to put a cultural 
habit into place and develop a new mindset within the church and give us a new understanding that we aren't blessed just to hoard it to ourselves. We are blessed to be a help and a, and a blessing to other people around us. And first, your family's needs should be met. Secondly, your church family should be met. Thirdly, we go to the community. There's a concept to that, and there's a principle with that. But Paul writes to Timothy and begins to tell him what disposition, what characteristic he needs to have, what kind of attitude he needs to have, and where the real issues lie in his life and what he should be concerned with. 1 Timothy 5, 1 through 5 says, listen to what Paul writes to Timothy. He said, never speak harshly. Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would your own father. Talk to your younger men as you would your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother. Treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Take care, take care of any widow who has no one else to care for them. Take care of every widow who has no one else to care for them, for her. But if she has children, watch this now, if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. What wisdom. There's wisdom in that. What I'm hearing loud and clear in the New Testament is, is that it is God's will for us to take care and provide for our families well. It is. And then it is God's will for us to go outside our family's boundaries. He's speaking to the church and to find people within our church who have needs, and to make sure that we have the ability to help them, to bless them. There should be enough pressure on us to come up with systems, like the early church did, to position ourselves that we will never find ourselves fearful or worried about anything that comes against us or affects our economy or affects our nation in any way. Because in Victoria, there is a church that God has give, given wisdom to, not just one church, but many churches that God is giving wisdom to, to teach them how to go to the forefront and to go to the front lines and be there for the community. Throughout history so far, we have seen our nation. I mean, even now, with the past, few, the past decade, how many times has the church stepped up to the plate from catastrophic events, from hurricanes, to fires, to tornadoes, to even this? In Victoria, I thank God that there were churches that stood up and, and stepped up. Unfortunately, we were without electricity here, but when it came right on, we put the message on Facebook right away, church family on our church family's page, and we said, the church is open. You need us. We're here for you. As soon as we had the power. See, power. 
when God has given you the ability to overcome the light resistance that opposes the great force inside of you, you are meant to push forward, to extend your life, to give out, to be there. I thank God for every pastor in this community that were giving well water. A shout out to Sun Valley Ranch. They did so good. Thank God for faith family that, that housed people and other churches. I know there were more that were there for people, trying to make sure. But, but here's what really touched my heart. There were people, and, I, and listen, I, don't, I didn't have, I mean, I don't have that much time in my mind or in my hands to really comb Facebook. That's not what we do, but all of us have the time to do that this time, right? We were all on our phones, right? Was that Okay, nobody wants to admit you were on your phones. Okay, I'll admit it. I was on my phone a lot during this thing. And, um, but the point is, is that it touched my heart to see some of our church members come out and say, hey, I've got power, I've got running water, come over and text me if you want, or, or inbox me, and come over if you need a shower, a warm shower, if you need anything, whatever it is, just let us know. That's community. That's community. Community was meant to be there for each other. We have and we do see God move in this church in great ways. I mean, there are times where God will step in and just rearrange everything, wreck our schedules, and just says, hey, we want to pray for everybody. We want God to move. And we have seen healings in this church. We have seen deliverances in this church. We have seen miracles in this church. But what we need to see is the form of community more than ever. The practical side of Christianity that people are afraid of. Because a lot of times people say, how can I provide for other people when I'm barely getting by and providing for myself? I'm going to show you. Would you like to know? Point number two. Point number two, the same wisdom Joseph and Jacob had is given to us by Jesus. Look at these two men. Take time to read about Jacob. Take time to read about Joseph. It's in the same scriptures in the book of Genesis. You'll find something out about these men. These men were placed... And certain times are in certain situations that cause them to go to God and ask for wisdom. How do you think these men got wisdom? First of all, they had to be in an environment that needed direction. Have you ever wondered why sometimes God allows you to be in what the proverbial rock and hard place is? Have you ever wondered sometimes how... How do I get into this mess again? Is that you? Have you ever said that before? How did I end up here again? And you don't have the answer. And you don't know the direction. And it causes you to fall to your knees and say, Lord, how do I do this? Or work a miracle. These men were in circumstances that required them to seek God, and God gave them wisdom. Here's this, what it says about Joseph, about Jacob. They had the ability to hear the voice of God because they had the fear of God. Look at their lives. They had the fear of God. What did we learn last week? The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. 
Watch this. Genesis 30, 27 and 30. Jacob is speaking to Laban, his father-in-law. He had been working for Laban, and Laban says, Please listen to me, Laban replied. I have become wealthy. Laban became wealthy. Listen. For the Lord has blessed me because of you. The Lord has blessed me because of you. Tell me how much I owe you. Whatever it is, I'll pay you. Because Jacob wanted to leave and provide for his own family. He wanted to see wealth come into his life. Laban didn't want to. He wanted to keep him there. Listen to what it says. Whatever it is, I will pay you. Verse 29. Jacob replied, you know how hard I have worked for you. See, Jacob had favor in his life and wisdom, but it required work to see it happen. Never separate favor from work. God's will still require work. Favor just makes it plentiful, gives you results, makes it in some cases easier. It is true. Favor isn't fair. But God still requires us to do practical things to implement the spiritual things. Jacob replied, you know how hard I have worked for you, how your flocks and your herds have grown under my care. The key to seeing results is starting to care. You must care. Listen, Jacob was watching Laban's herds and flocks, but he cared about them even though they weren't his. David, same thing. He was a shepherd watching after his father's sheep, but he cared about the life of the sheep, even laid his own life down and defeated a lion and a bear. So what's this? The key to this is something you can apply right now. I want you to write this down before we forget it because it's so good. I think it is. The value in your life doesn't go up until you care. Until you care, your value doesn't go up. As a worker, as a boss, as a business in your community, you, you aren't, you're not valuable until you care. See, we've said this before, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. When you begin to care for people and care about their present circumstance and care about their prosperity and them being blessed, then God will begin to use you to advance them. Then you become valuable. See, you have to learn how to care for somebody else's business. Can I give you the secret to getting a raise? Are you ready? Start caring as if you're working for the Lord and start doing as if you're working for the Lord again. And then your value will go up and your boss is going to say, I don't want him to go. We got to give him a raise so we can keep him. I don't want her to leave. We got to give her a raise so she won't leave us. I just gave you the greatest strategy I'm telling you, it works. And it's a godly principle. 
Listen, uh, let me keep on reading. You ready? Listen. (laughs) Jacob, you had little indeed before I came, but your wealth has increased enormously. The Lord has blessed you through everything I have done. But now, what about me? When can I start providing for my own family? It will come. Don't worry. The time will come that when you do have the chance to do your own thing, that you'll reap what you sowed into that former occupation. Trust me, how you end one season is how you'll begin the next one. That's why where you're at right now, how you treat your boss, don't worry, God will give you employees and they'll treat you the same way because you'll reap what you sow. So you need to think in the present and understand and have foresight. I need to become valuable here and be a person of integrity and character right now because if I'm not, I won't have God bless me. You see, Jacob was so valuable. Laban said, how much can I pay you? Stay here. You're valuable. When you start to care, when you start to love, when you start to give, when you start to bless, your value as a person will go up and you don't have to worry about people, you know, We used to always want to find the networks and find the people and find the... You don't have to worry about looking for them anymore. They're going to come to you. They're going to start coming to you. Who am I talking to? You don't have to worry about networks, finding the right people, the right business associates, anything. They'll come to you because your value is this high. Joseph. How many of you want to hear about Joseph really quick? Are you good? Joseph. Listen to this. Joseph knew how to save a nation in times of trouble. Now we're talking about a nation. Genesis 41, 37 and 41. Joseph's suggestions, this is speaking of Pharaoh, were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. This is after he came out of prison. Think about this. He was a prisoner. And he stands before Pharaoh in his prison clothes, having not taken a bath. (laughs) Think about it. I mean, it it wasn't the day spa down there. It was nasty. Then he goes and he begins to talk to him. So Pharaoh asks his officials, can we find, he described the dream to him. We know, you know the story, don't you? Do we all know the story? Please tell me you know the story of Joseph. Okay, good. You do read. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man? So obviously filled with the spirit of God. Now he caused Joseph just serving, caring about someone who had him in prison under his authority. He may not have known, but he was in his prison. Came out and cared about his dream to help him, give him the answer. He was now valued among everyone else, even those that were in prison. Can you imagine being in prison with Joseph? One day he's right next to you eating the same slop drinking the same dirty water, 
Then the next day, he's in the palace. They gave him, look, when you read the Bible, they gave him, Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of these dreams to you, clearly no one else is intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Not only I sitting on my throne, only I sitting on my throne will have a rank higher rank than yours. You're going to, I'm right here, Joseph, and you're right here. Powerful. Can you imagine? And then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. <laughs> Can you imagine what his salesmates said? I know they would have said if they're like, you know, we're getting out, man, Joseph made it. <laughs> Did you hear about Joe? Joe. <laughs> he made it. He made it. Holy <laughs> man, it's good. Anyways, help me, Jesus. The value. Why? What was his mission? Well, I tell you, God had an assignment. What was his assignment? To help his community get through seven years of famine. Practically. Teaching them how to grow. You need to read the story. Go home and read about Joseph. It will motivate you to pray for wisdom. It will. It will motivate you to pray for wisdom. The insight in the business savvy that Joseph had was uh, so uncanny. He, he ended up buying the entire land and people. For Pharaoh, Pharaoh ended up owning everything. And he caused the people to buy the grain back and then sell it to him. And I mean, he was just remarkable. I thought the wisdom that God has given, given him. Well, guess what? That same type of wisdom is available to you and I for where we're at in this season. Why am I saying all of this? I'm saying all of this because we have become so dependent on other resources that we have failed to recognize that God can bless us and God can cause our community here, our little community here, to be a force to be reckoned with that we would never, ever be in a place of insecurity or fear to be dependent on outside resources. God began to deal with me about this. God began to talk to me about this. I, I, I just, how many times have we gone to the store and see empty shelves, no water, to be frustrated to, to I mean, some of the best, don't get me wrong, some of the best memes are out there. I mean, you know, you know people were just, oh, they were on point, man. You know, just funny stuff was out there. I get it. You have to laugh to keep your insanity, right? But the truth is, it's very frustrating. But the Lord began to talk to me, and, and I felt that wisdom come. And he began to tell me what to do. Not just do it for my family, but to teach you how to do it. Are you ready for some un outside the box, unethical, uncanny thinking? How many of you will just entertain me just for a moment? on some radical thinking, on some creative thinking. So God began to talk to me about homesteading, 
God began to talk to me about, he said something to me, he put it in my heart, I know his voice by now, and sometimes I have to question, because I get intimidated at times, but when you have to, when you, when you have a lot at stake here, you have to be obedient, and you're willing to do anything to be in a position to be a blessing, and so I live in the city, I live in the city. But God said, go buy some chickens. My kids were so upset. <laughs> oh my God, Dad, chickens everywhere. One of my kids has a phobia of birds. But anyhow, kids were so mad. So I said, okay, God, what do I do? I don't have the money right now. I don't have the reach. How do I do this? So I'm going to show you how to do it on a dime. And I'm telling you, God began to talk to me about these things. I know this sounds crazy, but he told me, you're going to do this. I'm going to show you how to live this way, and you're going to teach it to people, and I want you to start a co-op. I've been talking to farmers. I've been talking to people that have the land. I've been talking to people, and I know people I haven't talked to yet that are already filling this. Would you like to see my chicken? My, my, my uh, chicken coop out of pallet wood 90% of it I got for free throw it up there I just put it on Facebook because the morning service we didn't have the slide and I put it on Facebook so they can see it technology is great so that it was supposed to be like a darker brown, but they mixed it wrong and it came out black, so we embraced it. <laughs> All of what you see up there, most of 90% of that was given to me. I asked God to help me. If this is what he wants me to do, then help me. He's also begun to give me strategy to how to feed them at low cost. That's pallet wood. I needed more to finish it, all the roofing and all this stuff. Someone was so kind to, to, to let us, to give us uh, some roofing. Someone heard that we were doing this, and they asked if we needed it. We said, yes, we do. I needed more. So I was, I was asked to go to Austin to go preach. And when we were leaving, my wife and I were going. We are going to go in her car, but I felt the Lord tell me. He told me. He said, he said, take your truck, empty the back. I'm fixing to bless you with the rest of the material for your chicken coop. Someone's, now listen, some of you are probably thinking God cares about a chicken coop. He cares about the strategy and the motive behind it. Everything great starts off small. Everything. Everything has humble beginnings. This church started with four people in my living room, plus my family. We went from step one, step two, step three, and we're evolving. But you have to start someplace. I live in the city. How am I going to do this, God? When I went to Austin to go preach, we ministered. God moved in a great way. The gifts flowed. Everything happened. We, the church was blessed. Thank God for that. We just, we, God was with us. And we're sitting at dinner with the, with, with, with the pastors and them. And one of them just pops off and says, hey, do you need some wood? Yeah, I need some wood. 
And we went, they were doing the demolition on a barn. So they gave us all the rest of the metal. They gave me that door that you see right there. They were throwing it away. They gave me the two by fours. They gave me everything else that I needed to build this thing. And then God began to bless me and I'm praying at home. Then God said, I'm telling you, while I was praying, God said, go to Lowe's right now. I told my wife, I said, you want to go with me to Lowe's? And we went someplace to Hobby Lobby. I bought her this little bitty, you can't see it on there, it's not on there yet, but anyways, we bought a little bitty door handle for that door, and, you know, like 50% off, so we're cool, right? We're walking in there happy about our doorknob. And I said, and I told my wife, I said, God told me to come here, so I'm waiting to see what it is. And as soon as I walked up, I saw a pile of wood. To our men, you know what it means when I say coal wood. It was wood that they put out that had a little defect in it, not much, because that one didn't have a big pile. $400 worth of wood for $90. I have the rest to build what I'm fixing to do next. I'm not a builder. I ask God how to do it. And what God began to, he also began to tell me how to do gardening without the soil, to do it year-round. He said, your house will become the first model of what I want to do. So I went into prayer again. When I went into prayer, God spoke to me about a couple of farmers that are in our church. They've done it for, they do it for a living. They do it uh, at a big scale. Some of you don't even know we had farmers in the church, real live farmers, not, you know, not, you know, little six by 12 garden. That's cute and all, but that's not farming. It's, it's, and it's great. Throughout the years, I've been recipients of those 6 by 12 gardens. People have provided us with vegetables from time to time, and it has blessed us and got us through some moments that they know nothing about. It works. But while I was praying, God told me to call them. And I said, God told me to call you and tell you about what he's told me to do. And he said, I'm going to put you over it to run it. And while I was telling the idea of what God was putting in my heart to establish and to create a co-op of a group of people in this church, in this church, doesn't matter if you live in an apartment, you can't have chickens there, but we can do other things. Doesn't matter if you live in the city, you can follow the ordinances, we can still do it. But God is calling people to become part of this co-op. And he said, I told them everything. They pulled over and they were laughing hysterically while I was talking. They said, Pastor, you're not going to believe this. Last night, God told us both that we are to do a farm to table and learn how to create a co-op and learn how to develop it. I said, that's why I'm calling you. You're going to do it for us. There are communities around the world that you don't know about that have started this type of community support that are very secure, that they take care of the needs. If we're going to follow the model of the New Testament church, we have to begin to come together 
And with this co-op, what we're going to do, we're going to find people who want to be part of this. And what they grow in their house, we're going to help them as much as we can to build what they need and how to structure it and what to do so they can prosper and have enough to feed their family. And they're going to give an offering and a tithe out of that into the church where we can give food to our church first, then our community. We have people that have wells where if we ever run out of water, we'll be able to go and have supplied from water from the wells here at the church. We will have a central location just for our church family. Anything above that will go to the community. We're going to be able, I'm saying this and I prophesy, I believe this, we'll be able to supply eggs and vegetables and green leaves on a regular basis after our services for our church family first. And you won't ever have to worry about being without as long as we have a community of believers that come together. And we will start taking care of the widows, start taking care of the people that need it, and your family will be blessed, and you will walk in a different place, able to budget and able to do things differently. If we come together and do this, it's a practical side of what we need to do. We have the spiritual side, growing, developing. We've not arrived, but we are strong spiritually. We have seen God grow people, establish people spiritually. Now we are mature enough in the place we have to do our part to be part of a community, to be a blessing to those around us and not be afraid, not be afraid of taking advantage of, not being intimidated by any fall of an economy, a collapse of anything. God will bless everything that we're doing to be self-sustainable in a place where we're able to bless people and be a blessing now. If you don't have the ability to do that, that's okay. We'll have plenty of people that will come together to help you and to bless you and to be in a place where we are not just a church for say. We are a family of believers that are here for each other, that support each other, that are growing together and establishing together everything necessary. The new church, they had people sell properties, bring it to the apostles and distribute it to everyone that had need. Where are we doing this? So the church always comes in at the 11th hour, always, even on the 12th hour. We, we are very good, the church is very good at coming in after the fact to clean up, to help us through. So when people are without, then they kind of step up and say, okay, um, this is what we can do now, let's find the resources. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. When I read the scripture... God gave wisdom to men to be prepared and to be in abundance before anything happens so you'll be prepared for it. A month ago, God spoke to me and I told my wife, the Lord spoke to me and said, go fill up the freezer and take care of some things and get water because something's fixing to take place. You're going to need it. It was a snowstorm. We did it. We were okay. Thank God for my neighbor. My neighbor, she's a widow. We're always, we're there for her. We love our neighbor. We help her. She's helped us so many times with different things. But this time, I'm so glad 
that her husband, before he passed, he installed an inline generator. Not a little baby one, right? One that automatically kicked in when they caught the phases drop and kicked in and closed the circuit. She never knew we were without power. And being the Latino that I am, I asked her if I could run an extension cord. <laughs> it never moved her needle. And we had everything on that thing, our freezer, our refrigerator, the TV, Apple TV. We had a fireplace. She had acres, acres of land. And she said, do you need wood? I said, I do need wood. She had one of, her, one of her guys go out and cut the wood and bring it so we had heat. And she is a widow that helped a pastor and his family. And it wasn't just my family. We had everyone else's kids at our house too, which is cool. We love to help people out, and we're family. But because of this little lady... My neighbor, we were able to make it through there comfortable, at least in our house. Here's, here's what we have to ask ourselves. Are we in a place ourselves to be a blessing to other people? Are we not, should we strive for that or should we just focus on the present moment and not think in preparation for anything. I'm not talking about preppers or, or doomsdayers or anything like that. This is very biblical and being prepared ahead of time when you're stocked up to get you through the troubled times, not doing it after the fact. But the church should always be prepared spiritually to walk into every circumstance. That's why no matter what happens in this nation, we should be prayed up enough that we have enough in our spiritual account to make a withdrawal of peace and confidence and faith that no matter what, we're not going to be fearful. We're not going to be worried. We're not going to be filled with anxiety. We're going to have the joy of the Lord in our life and nothing's going to change. But we're going to get better. We're not going to lose momentum. We're not. This is the time for us to really, really do what we've been called to do. I thank God for every church in this city that led people in there to let them sleep. I thank God for Faith Family. I thank God for people like Victory Church. I thank God for other churches like Sun Valley Ranch. Give them a shout. They were giving out well water. We thank God for all of them. We had lost power here. We weren't able to do anything. But at the 12th hour, we got power back. And we're like, hey, come on over. We're eager to help somebody. But it just wasn't our time. But we're never going to allow ourselves to be caught in a predicament again. As far as I'm concerned, with God's help, with God's wisdom, with God's strength, we're going to develop a church community that's so strong that we'll make it through the good times and the bad times. We're going to help people. We're going to bless our community. And we're going to be the church that God wants in this city. It's not all about praying in tongues, folks, which is very important. It's not all about laying on hands and casting out devils, which is very important. It's about being benevolent and being givers and contributors to the community and being community strong. How many of you believe we... How many of you believe with me today and understand that concept? 
So I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to do this. Let your benevolence speak for you. The early church let their benevolence speak for them. They weren't just the church. They proved that they were the church by becoming givers. Today is a different message. Today we are receiving orders, what I believe is the wisdom of God, preparing us to establish us to be a pillar in our community, to be strong. I'm going to give you more details about this co-op that we're doing. I'm already talking to key people, people that know what they're doing, people that have a history of farming and understand everything. We got people that already have all the chickens, people that have cattle. We have people that have the gardens. We have people that we are going to build this community and we're going to do our part as Christians and be everything that God's called us to be. Somebody say amen. Amen. Here's your weekly challenge, and we're going to make this our prayer today. Pray and fast this week. Pick a day. Skip a meal. Whatever it is, ask God to bless you so you can be a blessing to others. How many of you want to be that in your life? A blessing. It starts with small things. But I promise you, this is God's will for every church, to be strong to supply the needs to people who need them. This is what we're called to do. We'll shout, we'll run, we'll prophesy, we'll have prayer lines, we'll do all of that stuff. But at the same time, let's not be so heavenly minded. We are no earthly good. We need to be good in our works. That's what the Apostle Paul wrote, by your good works. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now here today in this moment prepare us father for the future we pray that everyone that has an open heart to receive this that you would bless them with wisdom understanding to help them be self-sufficient so they can be a contributor to our community and to take care of this church no longer will we be dependent father and worried about shelves being empty but we're going to ask you for understanding to know what to do so we can maintain our life with favor and blessings so we can stay focused on winning souls on reaching people and showing love and giving to those that are in need we pray today bless everyone here and under the sound of my voice and those that are watching online bless us dear god so we can be a blessing to other people we know that this is out of the box but that's what we love about it god it's different it's different but lord that's what we love about it because you're different your thoughts are not our thoughts your ways are not our ways but father we embrace you today in jesus name we pray and everybody say amen come on lift up your hands and let's thank him let's thank him if you're watching today, if you're here in person and you've not given your life to Jesus, we want you to do that right now. Can we bow our heads and make this our prayer? Father, in your name, Lord Jesus, forgive us of our sins. God, cleanse us from every way. We've done it our way for too long. It's time for us to do it your way. We pray today, be the king of our life, be the savior of our soul. Forgive us and we thank you, dear God. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap. Come on. Thank you for.
for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.